So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, this episode is going to be maybe even the last one featuring Evolutionary Psychology by David Bass. And yeah, we're going to go through it and we're going to go through primarily the criticism of the book or what the author could have done better and whatnot. But we're going to see and we're then going to whatever. <laughs> but I'm going to see you after the intro. As always, quite as always. And with that being said, hello, welcome back to the next episode of the self development with Tactics podcast. And I really am looking forward to going through this episode, even though it is only criticism, but I do hope that there's also going to be some information for us. Before I even want to go through the episode, there's a few things that I have to cover. Please check out the description because there's a lot of value in the description. And for example, the notes, as you can see, I'm highlighting certain things, or as you're then going to see, I'm highlighting certain things in this article that I'm going through and these things are then going to be in the PDF and you can download it for free and print it for free and do whatever with it for totally free, uh, which is at least in my point of view, a pretty amazing thing since you're then having the podcast, the YouTube video and something to read, you know, so no matter whatever, no matter what you're doing, there's always a chance to consume the episode basically, you know, unless it is some sort of a, I don't know, quote unquote freestyle episode where I've just done something, then there's probably not going to be something like a summary or something like that, or something similar. Um, but yeah, the last thing is the music. So if you do just feel like, well, having some background music would actually be something that's quite amazing, then please check out, um, well, the third link. Oh, well, it's actually the fourth link, fourth link and third section. So please do that. Please check it out and please have a look at it. But yeah, um, let's actually go through the criticism. The next criticism point, because the first one we went already through the last time, the next one is too little room left for personal variations, question mark. Bus says that there is nothing arbitrary, ar <laughs> this is a pretty tough one for me, arbitrary, nor a culture bound, is it bond or bound? Oh, I think it's actually bound, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about the standard of beauty. But that is not true. First of all, some standards of beauty are quite arbitrary in the way that uh, develop, uh, develop arising from random mutations in tastes that might or might not correlate too well with fitness. Second, there is quite a bit of culture variance uh, on a few traits. As Bas himself found out, for example, on the amount of fat on a woman, also see the cultural and external influences of sexual market value. Which actually kind of really sounds weird if you're <laughs> thinking about it. Like, sexual market value. You know, what's your sexual market value? What would you say? I mean, it could be a conversation starter. I don't know if this is going to be a good conversation. I don't know if it's going to be a long conversation either. But it is a strange one. It would be a strange question. Don't, don't, please don't do that. Please don't <laughs> do that. But I, I do also have to say, like, there's totally... At least in my point of view, at least as how I'm thinking about it, there is totally some some ways and or some things that certain cultures do want to see in people that is beautiful. You know what it is actually, um, uh, quote unquote, heavier women or actually also heavier men. I'd say you know I think it, it totally comes up to to cultural things. You know because I don't know. I think we like what we what we ourselves are and since we are just different cultures and different cultures evolve or just are made quote unquote of different people which means 
uh, I'm Caucasian or at least white or something. I don't know if this is actually the same thing or if it is like only in the United States or in uh, just America, the continent itself, that if you're white that you're Caucasian. But but I don't know. Like I really don't. Uh, I'm white. You know, maybe the chances of me just having a partner that's also white are just higher. I don't know. Or a partner that is also just more into fitness and more into what whatever the fuck I'm into is also higher. You know, if there are some cultures that are more into fitness or more into certain things as healthy eating, a healthy lifestyle and certain things like that, then, then other cultures could totally be the case. You know, could really be the case. It just, I think it is also a question of what you think is a culture or what you, what you would be defining as culture. Since I kind of also have to say that, I mean, culture could also be like the culture of people that are just doing fitness, you know, that this is also like a culture some sort of, you know, I actually should look up the definition of culture because I don't know. Let's actually look it up. Cult culture definition. Let's see what they say. The arts and other manifestations of human intellectual achievement regarded collectively. The 20th century popular culture. Ideas, customs and social behavior of a particular people or society. Of a particular people. Which means that it doesn't necessarily have to be like, okay, you're born uh, a certain... Well, you're probably born into a certain culture, but it doesn't mean that you also can change culture, some kind of. So I do think it is like... I mean, it is difficult. I think it is a difficult thing, but I do, I do really believe in the fact that different cultures do have or can have, you know, not necessarily do have, but can have different views on beauty. You know, I really believe in that. So I think it is important. I'm going to highlight it. And uh, by the way... Um, if if this summary isn't already in this Google Drives folder where uh, the, the summary should actually be or the highlights or notes thing, uh, PDF should actually be, then it probably takes me some time. You know, I do often forget about that and I'm just having so much content that I do have to upload and I hope that I'm going to do this today. I always think about it and I'm always forgetting about it, which is a pity and which is a fucked up thing. Uh, an overly competitive view of nature. I've already mentioned about Buzz talking about hostile forces of nature. <laughs> and I believe that it is only one side of the coin. If nature was so hostile, there would be no life. Well, I don't know. You know, there's there would be strong life, I guess. You know, because I don't know if you can just extinguish life. You know, if you're actually able to just, I don't know, kill everyone. I mean, you can. I'm, we can, basically. Unfortunately, <laughs> we can, but but I don't know if this is something that nature can do, since there's always going to be some, well, maybe even new generations, even though I think evolving that would be just quite too fast somehow. Um, but I mean, yeah, we've also been able to exist or to just develop and shit. It took some time, but there have also been just some really bad times, like ice ages and, and volcanoes and, and dinosaurs and shit. Or, no, no, there's been dinosaurs and then there's been us. So the dinosaurs were already dead as far as I know. Or is it the case? I don't actually know. Well, instead, Earth is covered with life, which is totally a case, or which is totally the case. So nature can't be that hostile after all. The same approach extends to competition. It seems to me that the author focuses too much on competition as the... the uh, at the detriment of cooperation. For example, he writes, natural selection is in 
intrinsically competitive, a feedback process is which, uh, which one organism's design features out reproduce those of others in an ex existing population. Of course, nature is intrinsically com competitive, or quote-unquote, as he says, intrinsic intrinsically competitive, but it also is intrinsically cooperative. Sometimes you could, you could call it competitive cooperation or codependency. Code, codependency, codependency. Like in humans, gut microbe, gut microbe, but it is still a form of cooperation. I do also have to say that human beings are really cooperative. We really are. And I also have to say, and this is something that I've been talking about like just months ago, and even I think maybe even a year ago, I believe that human beings just had to be cooperative that we would have all died if we weren't cooperative. And this is also one of the reasons why um, we like people. At least I think this is one of the reasons why we like nice people, because they are helping us. And this is also one of the reasons why we like to help other people, because I do think, and it is also something that he slightly talked about in this in the summary, in terms of um, in terms of actually many different ways. In terms of, for example, okay, if you're just uh, looking strong, you're hopefully kind of going to be able to just serve better for the family or that you're going to be able to just get more resources for the family or that you're able to just uh, create a better life for the family or for the tribe or for whatever, which is one reason why you're more attractive to people, you know, because you're strong or because you're whatever. Uh, as a man, for example, on the women's side, there might be something different. You know, there might be like, okay, you just seem to be able to reproduce really nicely. If this may... <laughs> <laughs> if this makes sense, I don't know if it does, but but some kind of kind of this sense, or um, just going into this direction. So being somebody that is helping other people, and and it feeling good means for me that um, if you're helping somebody, you're creating the chances for the future for yourself that this person is going to help you as well. This is what I'm seeing. I mean, it could also be just an invention of modern life that uh, being nice feels good but i'm not quite sure about that i'm not quite sure that like especially when it is about feelings especially when it is about something that we're feeling about something that that is just in us basically some intrinsic stuff i don't really believe that this is something quite new but i don't know write down your thoughts in the comments i would appreciate that you know i would really appreciate it or hit me up on social media you could also be doing like Something like this. You know, it just totally depends on what's working best for you because I'm basically everywhere. So you're totally going to be able to just reach me somehow. The next thing. Could you please work? Hmm. Or you're not working. Well, <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but it is not working. Now it is working. Yes. The author says it is not true and not possible that men might unite to exclude women from resources and power. I mean, I do have to say that, that in a way the author, and I don't know if he also thought about that, but I'm thinking about it, is right. Because if you think about the fact that we men, and men in general, I don't want to say we men, but men in general do need a woman to reproduce, which is kind of the goal that we all are having, then we need women, which is one of the reasons why we wouldn't never ever, or we wouldn't ever exclude women from resources and power. Well, well, hmm, that men might unite to exclude women from resources and power. 
I mean, some kind of... Uh, well, I think we're doing this already. I mean, like, there is, of course, fortunately, a lot of women, uh, or actually women in quite high positions, which is something that I do really, really, really like and appreciate. But still, in a lot of areas, it is just only men. And it is just only men in very high ranks and, and in really high positions that do then determine a lot of things. Kind of. So this might be like going into that direction, actually. You know, we are having the power, we are having like the resources and shit. But in the end, I mean, it depends on what this should mean. If this means that every woman is going to die, which is totally not going to be a good idea, especially if you just think about Stone Age people, it's not going to be a good idea. You know, it, it doesn't make any fucking sense. But, uh, but I mean, I can think about it as like, I mean, why would you not be doing it? You know? I mean, you then have the power and the resources and everything, quite. And you can't just take advantage of the other gender, basically. Is it then gender? I know that there's a, a difference between gender and then, like, sex. But I never, ever know that. <laughs> or I've just only read it once or two times or something. I've only read it. Hmm. Read it. Well, anyway. Let's see. Uh, he writes, feminist writers sometimes portray all men as united for the common goal of op uh, oppressing all women. The work 1987, Faludi 1991. Evolutionary psychological analysis suggests that this cannot be true because men and women compete mainly against members of their own gender. Men strive to control resources at the expense of, at the expense of and to the exclusion of other men. I think the author is missing out here on the power dynamics evolved. Missing out here on the power dynamics. Okay. Men compete against themselves the same way to most organisms compete. But as we've mentioned already, many organisms also collaborate while they compete. Very high quality men would not mind if women get more power and resources. They would still. As a matter of fact, they would win even more. Hmm. <laughs> But the majority of men are not very high in SMV, which is social... Well, I don't know. <laughs> so the vast majority of men do have an interest in keeping women away from sources of income because they want to have the power. Like for me, in a, just in modern age, I think it does just make sense because we all are just going for power. You know, we all like power, to kind of be honest. You know, for, you know I mean, like some people maybe do not want to have power and do not like power just because it is like their personality could be the case might also be the case but i mean like i don't know this is a case where a win for the group can be a win for the majority of individuals in that group indeed bus says it is right a little later Evo evolutionary psycho uh, psychology points to a different conclusion each individual is united in interest with some members of each sex and is in conflict with some members of each sex probably you know, I mean, like, if the person that you would like to procreate with, if this is, like, the the way you use procreate, because, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> um, and, I mean, if this person or if this female is like, no, I do not want to procreate with you, but I would like to procreate with the, this other man that is obviously more stronger and more just competent than you are, then there is kind of going to be conflict, I guess. And I think there has always been conflict. Kind of. I don't know. Well, well, in the end, I don't actually know what it has been like in the Stone Age. Since it might have also been like, well, just you are doing whatever with whomever. 
I know whether the, whether they already did something with somebody else or not doesn't then matter. Or if it is actually the case that it is the exact same case that it is now that, or most often the case, you know, not always. But if you're just doing something with somebody, then um, it's like okay, maybe you should not be doing something or this thing with somebody else since you have already having a partner. But I don't know exactly. And when each individual is united with a large number of members of his own sex, then an effect, uh, an effective silent coalition to restrict the power and free them of the other gender can form. I mean, it could. I really do have to say, like, it could. But it doesn't necessarily have to say, like, um, yeah, that it is going to be the case. But, but anyway, well, it's actually quite some... <laughs> we are not going to be able to finish up with this one today. Sometimes researchers were based on two small samples. Researchers, I'm sorry. Writes Buzz talking about the link between attractiveness and number of offspring. A small study of 47 modern Polish women failed to find a link between female attractiveness and reproductive output. It is possible that modern birth control technology may serve the historical link between female beauty and offspring production. Yes, it is certainly possible, but I would not generalize from such a small sample and I would avoid drawing any conclusion based on it. Like, yeah, I do have to say 47p. Well, even though 47p was still something. I mean, it's not nothing. It, it, is, not as, it is not a huge size. I, yeah. I mean, the, he also said a smaller study of... It is, well, it is actually a small one, but, well, yeah, but I do have to say a link between attractiveness and number of offspring. Well, I do kind of have to say, I mean, it, it would kind of make sense. Like, the more attractive you are, the more able you're going to be to just have partners, and therefore you're going to be more able to have more offspring. Kind of. I, I mean, it would at least make sense for me. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know if it just also makes sense for you. But it somehow makes sense for me. Sometimes does not account for possible confounding factors in the research. Sometimes I felt the confounding factors were not properly accounted for and the authors might have been too quick in jumping to conclusions. For example, men ejaculate more than a partner is more when the partner isn't there, but masturbation can't be the same as sex. Well, it is not. You know, per definition, kind of. But, well... The author mentions an experiment whereby 35 couples agreed to provide ejaculation, uh, ejaculates <laughs> resulting from sexual intercourse from condoms. Okay, He says that the longer the couple was apart, the more the man ejaculated. Since the research took into account masturbation as well, that's proof that the quantity of ejaculate depended on time apart only. However, that means that researchers put masturbation and sex on the same level. Who says that masturbation is equivalent to having with a partner? Um, maybe those men always ejaculate less when masturbating as compared to having sex. That should have been taken into account. Like, well, I mean, if it is only about just ejaculating, then it is like, well, yeah. You know, if it is sex or not, it doesn't fucking matter then. At least, as I'm just thinking about it. Like, it is, it is not about, like, comparing sex and masturbation, but it is about just e ejaculation which is like a third one, or it is like just a, something completely different, even though there is a correlation, of course, and there is some just, you know, some some links there, but it is like, it, it's not about that. You know, it's not about differences. It is about like, but I also can feel with the author of the summary there. I really can. And I'm also going to highlight this. Teenagers killed more often, but teenagers also annoyed 
annoy people more. <laughs> the author says that teenagers are not uh, teenagers are not killed by parents because they are the best age to secure future offspring. Well, and I would also say that I mean, well, what is a teenager? Is it like from fifteen to 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 eighteen or something? I actually don't know. Let's see. Can we find something? Youth, young person, a person aged between 13 and 19 years. Okay. 13 to 9, which is something, by the way, that I didn't know. Um, but I mean, like, if it is an older teenager, then chances are, I think, at least in my point of view, uh, you know, a tiny bit less, uh, well, actually a tiny bit less, since, I, I don't know, like, from the perspective of, the, of a parent on, I mean, if you're trying to kill a teenager that's, like, 18 years old, I don't know if this is that easy then, or compared to just killing an, an infant, or, like, a five-year-old, or something like that. Even though, on the other hand, this is also one of the reasons why babies are having so huge eyes, because it, you, it looks cute, and this is one of the reasons why mothers are not killing their babies, because they look way too fucking cute. And there might also be just a link between them and just some some... I mean... Yeah, basically a link, you know, some connection. Because, I mean, of course, if somebody's living into your tummy for nine months, they're just gotta have to be something, I guess. But, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, the proof that it is not about the ability of the child to de defend himself, himself lays in non-relatives who kill teenagers more often than any other age category. Uh, well, yeah, then... Hmm. But I mean, like... Ah, but I, I think it could also have something to do with like, okay, this person or my child is already or has already lived for like 17 years and I do not want to kill it now. Or well, well, compared to like, to like, okay, this being lived for two months and so it is like, okay, it maybe, you know, I don't know. I kind of, yeah, never, never mind. <laughs> A strange conversation. Don't have this conversation with a date. Unless your date is really into evolutionary psychology, then maybe, you know, maybe. You know, we are learning a lot of things yet <laughs> that can help you with finding a partner. Well, actually not finding, but with uh, having a conversation with a potential partner or with like a colleague or something. Definitely a colleague. Maybe not, <laughs> maybe not a potential partner, but it, you know, as I said, it depends. I thought that uh, I thought that was a smart way of looking for trends. Yet teenagers are also more likely to get rebel and annoy people, which is why non-relative might get into violent altercations more often. Well, I mean, a baby is also just bothering you quite a bit, or it could, you know, by screaming and stuff. People with more heredity—it's actually heredity, which is like uh, the relative influence of heredity and environment. Con congenital characteristics character characteristics people with more characteristics to people than siblings only because they are younger and thus more valuable question mark well the author says that the peop that people leave more inheritance to children than to siblings because they are younger and thus have more future mating potential i mean it could be the case but i don't know if it is always about like mating i mean like it is your fucking child I don't know. I don't know if you're just having a bigger connection to your child than you're having to to even your spouse, I guess. But also like to your to your siblings. 
that didn't make sense to me. People leave more inheritance to children because they are uh, they are responsible for their children, but they are not equally as responsible for their siblings, which is totally the case. Who in, uh, who in turn are responsible for their own children? This is a case of overthinking through genetical payoffs without considering other factors such as unwritten human contracts. In this case, or quote-unquote, by the way, unwritten human contracts. In this case, I care about my children and you care about yours. Probably. Contractory information on altruism and value. The author says that parents kill infants more than teenagers because they invest more in teenagers and in teenagers are getting close to reproductive age. Well, yet he also says that helping in the life of death situation declines steadily as the recipient's age increased. What? Yet he also says that helping in the life or death situation declines steadily as the recipient's age decreased, uh, increased. I'm sorry. So it declines, which means that if it is a life or death situation, then the older you are, the less likely you are to be like, well, I mean, you could also say like, okay, you know, this person lived a good life or lived a relatively long life. Then it's like, I mean, I mean, I think it depends. Like if it is like a life or death situation for a 90 year old, I mean, and if you're just 20 and something, you, you I mean, you should help kind of, but if it is like, um, you're going to risk your life for like just saving a 90 years life which is probably or who is probably gonna die in like i don't know maybe not so much time <laughs> if this makes sense but i don't know like this is only like thoughts this is only like just maybes yet he also says that helping in the life or death oh i'm sorry that might be the case because younger people need more help yet it is a potential discord one should investigate further and these are, like, I do have to say, and this, by the way, is, like, the last... Ah, we're gonna go through the whole one. Mother-child uterus conflict. Uh, is it a case of arms race? The author says that mothers want to abort unhealthy fetuses while fetuses, uh, having only one shot at life, produce chemicals to prevent spontaneous abortions. Wow. The author says it is an arms race, and it seems to imply that unhealthy children produce... HCG to trick the mother system into keeping the fetus implanted. The mother's body appears to interpret high levels of uh, HCG as a sign that the fetus is healthy and viable, so it does not sp spontaneously abort. Is this actually something that I'm just just that a body can do? That is like you know I I don't want to have this child and I'm just gonna abort it. That's crazy. But I, I mean I knew about it kind of. But if you're thinking about it, like it is just fucked up. Well, it is, I mean, like, I think it is just a way to to just save the mother, I guess. I know it's just a way of one's body to, to help one, basically. But there is no proof whatsoever that unhealthy children produce more HCG, so I didn't see it as an, uh, as an arms race, as the author implies. But it is still interesting to know. Sometimes implies causation where there is only correlation. Which is, by the way, something that I've stumbled across or stumbled upon very very recently that there is actually like a difference between okay there's a correlation between something and have probably also used correlation in just a really wrong way um causation means uh a relationship between cause and effect okay and correlation means connection association link well i don't know oh 
Okay. Well, yeah, I see. Uh, there were a few is- instances where I felt causations was uh, was implied without there being the basis for. For example, the author says that homicide statistics are the proof that poor and unmarried people kill more as a strategy of last resort. However, that doesn't necessarily imply causation, and it could be that killers are also more likely to be poor and unmarried. Well, yeah, <laughs> it could definitely be the case. The author says that males victimized by aggression during middle and high school lose status and have significantly fewer sex partners by the time they reach college. But who says it wasn't the low status they had to begin uh, to begin with that caused victimization? Could also be the case. The author says that being in a gang results in more mating success because a study showed that gang members had more sexual partners than non-gang members. Again, this is just correlation. And then he says that gang leaders and the most uh, heads the most, but that does... Uh, but that says something because leaders are always more attractive and he should he should have compared it with non-gang members who were leaders of something, say, a fraternity, which is brotherhood. Well, yeah, I don't know anything about it, but it's still going to be like just in the uh, PDF. The deadly innovation silliness that was all the more striking when the author spent a lot of time discussing the theory of deadly innovations hypothesis. The story says that as our weapons and tools became more formidable, their mishandling also caused more deaths and thus more uh, more selection pressure against dumb people. (laughs) Frankly, that made no sense to me. The number of deaths should have been so high to make an impact that I just can't believe there is enough people who accidentally shoot themselves or in our ancestral time who accidentally fell on their spears. Plus, that can happen to anyone and I can't see it being highly correlated with IQ. I mean, did he say like, if you're dumb, the theory says that as our weapons and tools became more formidable, is it like just difficult? Alarming, frightening, terrifying. Their mishandling also caused more deaths and thus more selection pressure against dumb people. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's like a strange like thing to say, I guess. Baker and sperm was jargon. Is it actually, is it actually jargon? Is it come? <laughs> well, I don't know. It's jargon or it's C H A G N O N. I don't know what it is. It's probably jargon. The author mentions a couple of times Bakers and his research both for sperm worms and for the likelihood of women to experience orgasms more often outside of their relationship. I mean, probably maybe because there is a correlation between not being in a relationship and having more sexual partners. Could be the case, I don't know. Baker is controversial for his unscientific claims that have either not yet been proven or that have been proven wrong. See his book Sperm Wars. The author also mentions Chagon or Shagnon. Shagnon stated on increasing... Uh, it's not Chagon. It, it, <laughs> it's not. I think it's actually, first of all, a German word. And it is written with a J. Shagnon's data on increasing mating success among murders, murderers has been criticized. And it seems to me, it seems to me for good reasons, see Sapolsky for an interview or review and Fry for the original paper. Rishpas had done a note on the side just to make sure... The T's or T's were crossed and is dotted, or at least quickly mentioned that uh, that uh, the debate raging on and why he still believed the data was good. And now the review, the review actually, I'm sorry, 
evolutionary psychology is a monumental work. Evolutionary psychology is to evolutionary psychology who uh, what the social animal is to social psychology, such as the best overview and available on the whole discipline or yeah, discipline. If you had to read one book about evolutionary psychology, then pick this one. Beyond this book, David Buss is a titan of evolutionary psychology, and I'm grateful and in-depth to his work and to his massive body of research. What it is, actually, as I said, do I have to highlight something? Well, I should, actually. I'm going to do this. Even though I think it's not that of an important thing, I've actually just highlighted just the whole thing, basically. Well, anyway, um, well, ah, the, the book is 496 pages. I always thought it was more than 500. But yeah, a really long episode's behind us. And I, I have to say thank you very much for listening and or also watching if you've been watching. Um, but this is going to be the end, of the, the end of the episode. So I wish you the best health of happiness and also success and also hope that um yeah that you've liked it and i'm also hoping that you're gonna have a good day and that you think about just being a nice person because this is good for your legacy and it's going to be good for being remembered as a good person but yeah on the other hand there's three questions that i'm always having to ask yourself because i think they're amazing the first one is why are you here the second one is what are you trying to change and the third one is why are you here they should maybe even show your purpose or they could maybe show your purpose and uh, potentially also a business idea you know but yeah this is the end and thank you very much and i've appreciated your time you know because this is the end of the summary and maybe i'm gonna go through a further summary on that in a year or something i could um would actually be amazing because i think it is a is a pretty cool and interesting book uh, as far as i can tell actually um but yeah I'm going to see you the next time. I at least hope so. Bye. And it's still not working. So therefore I'm going to talk. And I'm going to do. And I'm actually going to click like stop recording. You know, it's going to end in the middle of a sentence. Probably. Um, but yeah. By the way, just remember to be a nice person. You know, I think this is something that I have to say in every episode. But I really believe in it. I really believe that this is something that's incredibly important. And also incredibly necessary to talk about. And to, to, and to also think about. Because, like, if you're a nice person, life is just better. At least in my point of view. At least that's, that's how I'm thinking about things. Um, I mean, on the other hand, just being the quote-unquote Mr. Nice Guy and or Mrs. Nice Woman could also not be the best thing, you know? But I haven't made my mind up in terms of that because uh, because I, I, I really like to share being a nice person and I really like to just um, be like, well, just please be a nice person, you know, because I really truly believe in it and I really truly believe that it is something that makes sense, you know, but but as I said, like, there might be also some downsides and there are probably also going to be some downsides. So, um, yeah, just also keep that in mind, I would say. But just being a nice person. Just, uh, but I mean, also just just being nice doesn't, doesn't really mean just letting letting people take advantage of you. I'd say, you know, it just means that you're just going to be nice, you know, that it is fun to be around you and it is fun to have you around oneself. And then that's quite it. It's not, it's not really about like, I don't know, like just 
being somebody that is doing everything or that is going to do everything for somebody just because it is nice. But I mean, there have to be some some borders as well. There have to be some some things like that are just crossing the border, basically, I would say. Um, so this is actually going to be a 40 minute episode, I guess, <laughs> which is also fine to me. But I don't know, on the other hand, if some people are actually going to listen to a 40-minute episode, which is actually one of the reasons why I've tried to just keep it, like, relatively short, even though, like, I mean, 20 minutes is also something. It's not a huge deal, it's not a huge thing, but it is also something, you know? Um, But, well, but the question is, uh, how long this is going to (laughs) take? I hope you're having a good day. I had actually a pretty good day. You know, I think it always feels quite good to just uh, come home after a relatively long day of school and then record and then just eat and, and, and just take a shower and then basically going to bed. I kind of liked it and I think that I'm also going to do that later on as well in terms of, well, um, let's actually work and or have